What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge Sunday morning online worship experience. Once again, thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to share these online digital services with your friends and family, thank you so very much for doing that. Also, for those of you that continue to give, thank you so much for your generosity online. For those of you that are meeting our $10 challenge, thank you so very much for doing that. That allows us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people. We've been notified this week that we're receiving a few large food drives this month, so we've decided to wait till those food drives come in to do our next food pantry. So our next food pantry will be right around the beginning of December, so we can use these big food drives that are being donated to the Water's Edge. Also, something else that we want you to know is that if you would like to experience our services live and in person, then they're back wide open, both services on Sunday, 930 and 11.15. We have full experiences for both services. We have kids' church, cafe, nursery, a full worship experience. We would love to see you live and in person if that's something that you feel comfortable doing. Today, we continue with our current series entitled Connecting the Dots. Sometimes life will absolutely catch you off guard, and sometimes we have to learn how to start over, and sometimes we have to learn how to connect the dots. And I've been trying to explain that to you over the past few weeks in this way. During certain seasons in our life, sometimes it's like we're only given some of the picture, some of the picture with his heartache, some of the picture with his pain, some of the picture with his very, very difficult decision that we absolutely know that we need to make. Sometimes in life, it's like we have this entire canvas, but just a few dots of information and no overall picture. And here's the issue for most of us. In the beginning, when we're trying to connect the dots, there are so many things that we just don't know yet. And sometimes it takes us a while to figure things out. Sometimes it takes us a while to figure things out with this situation, with this circumstance, or about what my life is supposed to look like. But what happens when the picture becomes more clear and we start to connect more of the dots? And in this picture, whatever it it is in your life, deep down you know, now that I'm connecting more of the dots, this is not going to look like what I thought it was going to look like. This is not going to look like what I wanted it to. For instance, at the beginning of every relationship, any type of relationship, you have just a few dots of information about that person. But most of the time, this is what we do. We jump straight to the future and we create the final picture, picture in our head off of just a few dots of information and we're filling in the rest of the blanks with assumptions and we think this is going to be fantastic. But as we we start to fill in more of the dots and more of the blanks start to get filled in, we suddenly realize this is not going to be what I thought it was going to be. This opportunity, this person, this relationship, whatever it is that I'm facing, this is not going to be what I thought it was going to be. So I tell people, anytime they're in a situation like this to remember this, and this is what it is, when you're connecting the dots, there are so many things that you just don't know yet. And this would be an example of connecting the dots. Some people just aren't nice enough, kind enough, or patient enough for you to have to deal with many of their moments against you. Sometimes people in our life will have these lash out moments against us and they're just not kind enough or loving enough or patient enough for us to be able to endure those types of things. And if you don't know how someone makes selfish choices versus selfless choices, then that's an example of you not fully knowing them yet and you connecting more of the dots as you go along. Sometimes it's okay to not create the final picture in your head and just let these dots play out. And so in this series, this is what we've wanted to do. We wanted to learn how to connect the dots in our life so life stops catching us off guard, but sometimes we also want to let these dots play out and we don't create the final picture in our head again so these assumptions stop catching us off guard. And sometimes this is why we have a hard time connecting the dots in our life. 
So there's this game that most of us played with our friends as kids growing up. And this game can be traced all the way back to Greece in the second century. And the Greeks called this game the hiding place. Sometimes this game was called the seeker. In the early England, they called it the game of hide and fox. And you can actually find this game hide and fox in Shakespeare's Hamlet. And this game goes like this. You get a group of your friends together, preferably outside where there's a bunch of places to hide. One person is it. And as the one person who's it starts counting, preferably to 100, everyone else runs and they have to find a place to hide. Once the person who's it finishes counting to 100, they say, ready or not, here I come. And they go try to find the people who are hiding. And the goal is to tag them before they make it all the way back to home base. And so it's sort of like a game of pressure. What most of us did as kids growing up is we would just hide in this place. And then when the person who was it would run after us, we would run to another hiding place and another hiding place until we would finally make it back to home base. And we call this game hide-and-go-seek or hide-and-seek, and it's an intense game of pressure as you try to make it back to home base. And so sometimes our life can be like this. Sometimes our life can be filled with all of this pressure in our life. Heartache and tragedy can create all this pressure, accidents, turmoil, uncertainty, the intense expectation that life has placed in us can create all this pressure in our life, temptations, family demands. It creates pressure in our life. And honestly, sometimes it just feels like life is putting way too much pressure on us. And what I mean by pressure is this, sometimes life has the powerful ability to confuse us, push us around, bully us, and shove us around. You're putting too much pressure on me. Depression is putting too much pressure on me. Stress is putting too much pressure on me. Loneliness is putting too much pressure on me. Turmoil, unpeacefulness is putting way too much pressure on me. Now, when I say that life puts pressure on us, this is the definition that I want us to talk about today when we talk about this pressure. Pressure is the burden of mental, emotional, spiritual, or physical distress that this life can place on us. My life and your life has the potential to drastically change in just a moment, good or bad, great or devastating. And so what do we do when life changes quickly in very unexpected ways and those changes put all this pressure and distress on our heart and on our mind? This distress, this distress and pressure of life never stops looking for you. This distress and pressure of life never stops searching for you. This distress and pressure of life never stops trying to find where you're hiding. It never stops trying to seek after you. But then what really tries to put us to the test and what really puts pressure on us is when we face changes that we absolutely did not see coming. And when this happens, how do we stand back up again and reclaim our life? When our life has these forced changes on us that we did not expect or anticipate. When I was a kid in high school, one day our youth pastor at my dad's church had the bright idea to take a few of the boys from the youth group and go camping uh, overnight in the woods in De Quincey. And so around midnight, man, we had a campfire going and we were cooking hot dogs and all that kind of good stuff and acting up. Around midnight, we had the bright idea to play hide-and-go-seek out in the woods in De Quincey in the pitch black dark. A few of us had little torches, but it was black out there. I mean, it was just dark. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And so this is how we were playing hide-and-go-seek back then. Man, the person who was it kept running after us, and we wouldn't go back to home base. We were having too much fun, so we just kept running to new places to hide and new places to hide and new places to hide and new places to hide. Well, one of my friends kept doing that, and because he was running around in the dark, he ran right into a tree, and one of the branches, limbs, one of the limbs off the branches got stuck in the top of his earlobe. And when he came back to home base, man, he had a huge stick sticking out of his ear and blood going everywhere. But most of the time, 
That's how we deal with the unexpected life change and pressure and distress that life places on us. We just try to run from it, from this hiding place to this hiding place, from that hiding place to that hiding place. Or we can come up with a plan, a specific plan with a very specific direction and a specific path to follow because you want your life to end up in a specific place and you want your mind to end up in a specific place and you want your emotions and your relationships to end up in a very specific place. Now, there's actually a story in the scripture that has a great example of pressure and distress and how to deal with it and how not to deal with it. And you'll recognize this story, but first let's look at it in a way that helps us apply this to our life. The story is found in the first half of the book of Genesis, and it's the story of the great flood, Noah and the ark. And the story goes something like this. The world has become distressed, dark, barbaric, oppressive, evil, and violent. And God's going to send a great flood to purge the world. And God saw that Noah and his family were trying their hardest to have good hearts. And so God tells them to build this master ark and he gives them these massive instructions. And so the Bible says that Noah obeys God with all of his heart. And he comes up with a specific plan, direction, path, and place to end up in when the flood was over on dry land, safe, This is distress. This is pressure. This is change that is uncertain. So Noah gets prepared and the rest of the world just tries to ignore it. The rest of the world just tries to hide from it. The rest of the world just tries to run away from it. Now, as we look at this story, you might be tempted to think that what helped Noah survive the flood was the plan. What helped Noah survive the flood flood was the direction. What helped Noah survive the flood was this very specific goal that he set of building the ark, staying 100% focused and grounded on building this ark on his goals. And it's true. Setting specific goals in your life, goals to grow your faith, goals to move closer to God, goals to be more like Jesus, goals to succeed and staying focused on them can help you when your life becomes extremely, extremely distressing. But what we're talking about today is this. What about when your life changes drastically just like that? Because our life can change in just a moment. What about when your life changes unexpectedly and your plans are ruined? And in some cases, you have to completely start over. This is when you need more than just to focus on your goals because notice what Noah really did in Genesis chapter 6 verse 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, um, the only blameless person living on the earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was driven in this life. Noah had direction in this life, but his main priority was to have close fellowship with God, and that was his value in this life. God goes on to tell him that the flood is coming, and he needs to build a boat, an ark that's 450 feet long, 75 feet high, and 45 feet wide. That's bigger than two football fields. Talk about pressure. That's bigger than a community. Talk about pressure. Genesis chapter 7, verse 5. So Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. Now, let me just try to make this simple and practical today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Noah's heart, his desire, his values was to obey God. What kept Noah from being crushed and defeated by this intense time of change, by this intense time of pressure, by this intense time of distress and flood was not necessarily his goals and staying focused on his goal, but it was 
actually his values and staying focused on his values. Now, Jesus actually talked about the other side of this story in Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 37. Notice what Jesus says about the other side of this story. If you're still with me, Sim's still with you. When the Son of Man returns, it'll be like in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah had entered the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Now, the people on the outside of the ark, it was pretty clear that even though they may have had goals, even though they may have had focus and vision and determination, they certainly didn't have the right values and they certainly didn't have the right intentions. And so when the flood came, their goals and their focus didn't ultimately save them from distress. Only your values will do that in those moments. Only the motivations of your heart will do that in those moments. Maybe they thought they could just run and hide from it, but it never works that way when life turns up the pressure and it starts to distress you. You can't ever run from it and you can't ever hide from it. Now, in light of all that, let's try to apply this to our life with just a few observations. The first one is this. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. What hiding place do you run to when life puts too much pressure on you? When your life is filled with distress, anxiety, uncertainty, confusion, change, pressure, do you run back to your old patterns, your old habits, your old excuses, your old ways, your old anger, your old addictions, your old selfishness, or do you run back to God? Values of honesty and love, values of kindness and compassion, values of empathy and being Christ-like. When we stay focused on those values, then 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 life puts too when then when life puts too much pressure on us, God becomes our source of peace and God becomes our hiding place because we value a close relationship with God and obedience to him. The second thing is this, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. What helps us survive intense times of unexpected life change is not necessarily having the right goals, but having the right values. Now, it's really good for you and I to set and pursue goals in this life, but when life floods you with emotional pain and and, uh, mental pain and physical pain and spiritual distress, having the right goals will not save you then, only having the right values, and that values comes from the motivation in our heart to have close, close fellowship with God. And what are those values? As we get closer to God, being like Jesus, forgiveness, when the pressure of unexpected relationship pain turns up in your life, the value of forgiveness can help you survive it. Compassion and empathy, these are values. When uh, the pressure and distress of sudden division strikes your life, then the values of compassion and empathy can help you survive it. Faithfulness and perseverance, when the pressure of life starts to make changes in your life that are unexpected, that you did not see coming, the values of faithfulness and resolve can help you survive it. So if you have some personal goals in your life, that's fantastic. Hold on to them. Pursue them. Don't let anything get in the way. But also take time to stop and develop your personal values. Have close fellowship with God. And let me tell you why this is so important. Because in this life, the waters will rise and life will change. And in those times, your faith and your heart will be tested by the flood of distress. In those times, your honesty and character will be tested 
tested by the floods of distress. In those times, your integrity and your love will be tested by the floods of distress. And you will not pass those tests unless you develop a strong, personal, close fellowship with God and you grow your values like being Christ-like, forgiveness, compassion, empathy, faithfulness, and discipleship. And let me tell you why. Your values will always determine who you really want to be when this life turns up the pressure. And in those times, your faith and your heart, and, and in those times when your faith and your heart is under distress, that's when you make sure that you hold on to your values. That's when you make sure that you walk with God. And that's when you make sure that you purpose in your heart to have close, close fellowship with God. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We absolutely love you. We hope you have a wonderful week and we cannot wait to see you back next week.